Good morning. On behalf of the family, I want to say a big thank you for for coming out and uh, celebrating the life of Helen Smith. And Helen went to be with her Savior on July 18th. And, and today we, we gather to remember her life, to look at her Savior, and to encourage one another. The family wants to extend their, their gratitude for uh, so many of you reaching out and caring for them in those final days leading up to her passing and for the care and support uh, after after her passing as well so on their behalf thank you so much and thank you for coming and just encouraging what a blessing to come together and remember would you join me as uh, we begin in a word of prayer gracious heavenly father god we are coming today and we are remembering a a dear dear woman We're remembering a sister, a mother, a friend. And God, today we we seek to just celebrate the life that you gave her, the impact that she had on so many. And God, we want to rejoice in you, her Savior. So God, we ask that you would just bless this time as we gather together. Lord, I pray that that we would encourage one another through this time of grieving. So God, we ask your blessing, and I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to begin with a song, In the Garden, and uh, we would invite you to to join in as you feel led, Uh, but what a a precious song as, as we consider Helen. Hold on. He told me to turn it on. There we go. Yeah, I think so. Okay, let's start that over again. I'm sorry. I come to the garden alone While the dew is still on the roses And the voice I hear Falling on my ear, the Son of God is closes, and He walks with me, and He talks with me, and He tells me I am His own, and the joy we share. None other has ever known 
speaks and the sound of his voice is so sweet the birds hush their singing and the melody that he gave to me within my heart is swinging and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there none other has ever I'd stay in the garden with him Though the night around me be falling But he bids me go Through the voice of woe His voice to me is calling And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy we share as we tarry families asked me to share with you the obituary of Georgia Helen Smith. She preferred Helen. Born in February 5th, 1933, passed to be with her Savior July 18th, 2023. Georgia Helen Smith was born in Trenton, Missouri to Cliff Clifton Crawford, and Marvell LaHue. She was preceded in death by her husband of 64 years, Richard Smith. Parents Marvell and Clifton C. Tip LaHue, brothers Bobby and Jerry LaHue, and son Randy <clears throat> Allen Smith. She also was preceded by step-granddaughter Emily and foster son Michael Anderson. She is survived by daughter Gina Wirt and son Paul Smith. She is also survived grandchildren Michael Smith, Amanda Smith, Mark Anthony Wolf, Megan Fernandez, and Chris Temple. Surviving great-grandchildren include Emma Lynn, Xavier, Jackson, and Elizabella. At age eight, she and her family relocated to Lakewood, Colorado. She was a lover of music and played the marimba with Wells Music in Denver as a young girl. 
She met Richard Allen Smith during childhood, and they eventually married November 4th, 1956. <clears throat> Their first home was in Kittredge, Colorado, where she made many friends and became a force in her community. They later bought the ranch in Evergreen on 17 acres, where they proceeded to raise 13 foster children, one adopted and one natural child, Paul Smith. Gina was adopted in 1964, followed by Paul's birth in 1967. Throughout the years, she raised children did bookkeeping for Richard's electrical business and served on the Evergreen Fire Department Women's Auxiliary. She worked briefly at Evergreen Drugstore and attended Evergreen Christian Church where she was very involved in church activities. In 1995, Richard retired and they moved to Battlement Mesa where they volunteered for many years with the Council on Agging, Kiwanis and other groups. Helen became a beloved member of the Battlement Mesa community and a friend to all. Though she was born with what some would call a disability, she scoffed at the notion of being disabled. She was able to sew, cook, play the organ and the marimba, and had amazing handwriting while having no fingers. She never once thought of herself, nor did anyone she knew, as being disabled. She passed peacefully at her own home, surrounded by friends and family. At this time, we're going to hear from some of the family. Can you hear me now? I'm talking in the third person about mom. Mom was rough. Talking about dad is always easy. But mom, mom was the fire. You knew when dad came out to punish, mom was seething. You knew when their wire came out, you would be punished and you would know mom was mad. Dad was the firefighter trying to put out the flame before it happened. Mom would come down hard, but fair. Mom and dad were amazing parents and I believe they were able to raise me and Gina to be good parents as well. Oh, thank you, everybody, for being here. And I just want to um, parrot what he said about the people that were here to help me. Thank you. <laughs> it was hard, but I had a whole community, and this, just, this town just gives a new name to community because I had just people everywhere helping me out, and I'm so grateful for their presence and the family's presence. So um, I just wanted to start out. I'm just going to briefly read just something that I had written for my mother. Um, in Proverbs chapter 13, it says, she is clothed with strength and dignity. Can you hear me? Yes, okay. Strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. This is you, to you, Mama. Though your blood doesn't run through my veins, your love does. I can't imagine that God could possibly have chosen a better surrogate mother for me than this lady right there. 
As she held me briefly, my birth mother, Fina Trujillo, said she prayed for me as she handed me to the nuns that, would, that I would have a good life, and God heard her plea. After many miscarriages, unable to have the children you so very wanted, you decided to give all of the love to other people's children. You always wanted a little girl, little princess, to dress up like a doll. Sadly, I was more inclined to play cars and in the dirt than dolls. And I preferred riding go-karts, bikes, and my horse to learning to cook and sew. My brother did that. <laughs> Nonetheless, you were so patient. You often made school clothes and dresses for Easter. I preferred jeans. Um, but there are many photos in our albums to prove that I actually wore them. So I did. Then came Paul, and you finally had your own baby boy who you adored. We all did. We still do. Mm -hmm. Over the years, you imparted your great wisdom and guidance. I was surely a bit rebellious, but later in life I realized how right you always were about pretty much everything. You were my hero and so amazing. I never really saw your missing fingers because there was absolutely nothing that you couldn't do. As a girl, you played the marimba for Wells Music, which I found amazing. You so played music, just like he said, and on the organ you played the chords. Um, you did needlepoint and good handwriting. During winters, times were sometimes lean with my dad's electrical business, but never once did us kids realize that that was happening because uh, you could magically whip up wonderful meals and from whatever you could throw together. None of us were ever underfed, ever. <laughs> I know my brother and I tried your patience often. I remember really messing with you when you're broke, with your broken leg. We were young. And we realized you couldn't chase after us <laughs> on the little round dolly that you had to use because she, you couldn't use a wheelchair or crutches. We got into all sorts of mischief. Sorry, Mom. You were surely the disciplinarian in our home. It took but a look and a reach for the pink wire mentioned previously <laughs> to set us straight, though. But really, love, music, family, and close friends were, who were more like family is the world that we grew up in. You made us the center of your universe and raised us to be good and strong people. You were my compass, my best friend. My favorite lunch date. <laughs> no matter how sideways I became in my teen and post-teen years, you were always there every moment. We spoke nearly every day of my life. And you were always so very interested in the uninteresting minutia of my daily moments. Now my husband has to hear about it. <laughs> He's not a fan. <laughs> you and Daddy never missed a single important life event clear up until you just couldn't travel to my marriage to my husband in 2017. But we did place a picture uh, with our family as a honorary members of the party. When I decided with you and with your prodding to go ahead and look for my biological family, you were so beautifully and gracefully selfless. You shared my excitement as I uncovered new details about myself. You wanted to be a part of every bit of it. It meant everything that you and Daddy were present at our first family get-together. In that moment, we all became one big, large family. In 2007, I was blessed and overwhelmed to share a Mother's Day celebration with both of my mothers. Once I found my mother, birth mother, uh, birthdays were only a week apart, and you became wonderful friends, wrote cards and letters back and forth. 
And as if it wasn't selfless enough, when Fina became terminally ill, it was you who supported me in caring for her with words of encouragement, then cried with me as I said goodbye to her. Later, when you needed to be cared for, you would often ask why I left my home, worship leader position, and my family to come be with you. The answer's so easy, and it can be found in 1 Timothy. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, these should learn, first of all, to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and grandparents, for this is pleasing to God. There was never a question of what was required of me. It was my honor and my privilege to be by your side as we walked you to the heavenly gates to meet Jesus and to send you back to the arms of my dad, the love of your life. So today I do not say goodbye, but rather I can't wait to see you on the other side. And then uh, my brother, so uh, you'll see a picture up here. Um, if you can see it, it's kind of small. It's a red dragonfly. So the day after my mom died, we were sitting on the patio, my brother and I, just the two of us, and we were just talking about what are we going to do with the houses and all this stuff. My dad had a lot of stuff. <laughs> and uh, so we were just talking about all this and figuring out what we would do. And all of a sudden, my brother looks up and he says, did you see that? And I said, what? And he's, he says, it's a red dragonfly. And I said, you know, my brother tells stories. So, <laughs> so I was like, okay, yeah, if you say so. So uh, a little bit later, after he went home, I went and looked up online what a red, you know, about a red dragonfly. And what I read is that they're very rare and that they come to visit when someone dies. So I painted that for him, but he asked me to share it with you, so this is kind of from him. Um, and then I wrote a poem called The Red Dragonfly. As we sat on the patio of the home you filled with love, we talked about the future that was now all up to us. We wondered how to honor your beautiful legacy. We paused and noticed something we had never seen. Above our heads was floating a red dragonfly, so serene. We wondered what this meant. And so we were told that some around the world believe it's a divine gift from God, the spirit of our loved one bringing comfort from above, the ultimate expression of your motherly love. Thank you, Mom. Love your children. Okay, okay I'm done. And then I'm just going to set this up. Um, so my son... His contribution today, he, he didn't really want to get up and talk, but he has a very special talent. So it's a little bit long, but we're going to play a video. Um, she had a couple of songs that she wanted us to do, and I, there's no way I was going to sing them. So uh, we did the recordings. In the middle of this is a song that I wrote for her. So there's about three songs. It's a little long, but you'll recognize some of the pictures. So... Oh, 
There will be peace in the valley for me someday. There will be peace in the valley for me. Oh Lord, I pray. There'll be no sadness, no sorrow, no trouble, trouble I see. There will be peace in a valley for me. Well, the bear will be gentle and
So, 90 years ago, six months, 14 days, was when my best friend was born. I was born just three days before. Two years, seven months, and one day ago, my hero, her, the love of her life, passed away and gained his wings. 33 days ago, true love was able to meet again, and I would love to believe that they met and embraced each other in the most longing and loving hug. My Grammy, Georgia Helen Smith, wouldn't want us to mourn her passing, but would want us to embrace our lives and celebrate her every single day. Celebrate the love she shared with my grandpa, Richard Allen, AKA Dick, and her children, my aunt Gina, my daddy Paul, and her grandchildren, my brother Mike, myself, my cousin Mark Anthony, and the ones who became family over the years, Megan, Christopher, and our angel Emmy. My Grammy taught us a lot of different values. The biggest thing she's taught me is never to judge by somebody based on their disabilities or what she wouldn't call a disability. I grew up with a grandma who did not have normal hands. She taught me how to not judge at all because of that. She was able to uh, embroider, play the organ, write with the most beautiful handwriting, among many other things. She taught me how to cook, how to love, and how to protect. The man next door was always a mean, old, grumpy man we all probably remember. He hated children, hated women. One day, we were outside playing Red Rover. We went into his yard and he came out threatening. Grandma heard it and ran out, ready to light fires and probably commit a crime. <laughs> Grandpa, like earlier, was the firefighter. He was able to put the fire out. This mean old man never stood a chance, in my opinion. But then when we were done, we went inside and made the best grilled cheese. Mark probably remembers. Cast iron, butter, rye bread, and American slices. She always told me that I had nightmares. I grew up knowing this. But the biggest things I'll take in life is love with no remorse, no regrets. Give it your all and never forget where you come from and your family comes here. I always want to lead off as my grandma and grandpa never want us to mourn their loss, but celebrate their life and keep moving on. But hold them close, hold them in our hearts, and remember we are them and they are us. Thank you, family, for sharing. We, we come this morning, almost this afternoon, and we recognize an amazing woman. We, we celebrate her life. Uh, on the front of your, your memory cards there, it's, it's not a funeral. It was very intentionally stated, a celebration of life. And, and on that card, there's, there's two dates. One where this world, this life, was blessed with the coming into the world of Helen Smith. There's a dash and a date that we come today 
to remember that life lived. And in that dash, Helen made a decision. She made a decision to trust Jesus Christ as her Savior. Because of that decision, Helen was truly able to live to the fullest. Because Scripture tells us that all of us are, are dead in our sins until Christ. And when we find Christ, we truly live. And today we are celebrating her not dying, but being with the Lord, living eternally with him. And so we celebrate her life because as she lived life, she loved others. That's evident today as you guys come to remember and celebrate her life. As she lived life, she welcomed into her home children and, and others on, on a steady basis. Her door was always open. As she lived this life, she lived as an example in her marriage to her husband for over 64 years. And to her very dying day, loving that man. What an example. And today, we remember that life. That's why we're here, is because we do remember. And as we remember, there is grieving on our part. Because we miss her. We miss her presence. We miss her embrace. We miss her laughter. We miss that woman. I appreciate that because Helen truly lived, that we grieve differently than the rest of the world. Paul would write to many in, in a place called Thessalonica. And many there were feeling the, the absence, the loss, the hurt, the grief that we're feeling today. But he would write these words in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. It says, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. I appreciate that scripture doesn't say that we don't grieve. We do. Death was never God's plan. But he came to deal with it. But we grieve differently. It says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. She's going to get to go first. 
Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we shall always be with the Lord. Listen to the next verse. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Comfort. We don't come today to push aside grief, but we come today to be comforted in our grief and to grieve differently because Helen truly lived. I appreciate that we can come to the scriptures and find comfort, we can find hope. And, and do you realize that Christ himself, as he was preparing those who were closest to him for his death, he gave them words of comfort. I, I love these words in John chapter 14. Jesus, first of all, lets them know that he's going ahead of them. He's going ahead and he's preparing a place. Listen to what he says. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Well, Thomas wasn't quite sure. And he spoke up and he says, Lord, what is the way? How, how do we do? How do we follow you? Jesus' words, he goes, I, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, Helen believed that. She understood that Jesus was the way, that Jesus truly was the life. As she lived that out, Jesus extends to them one final thing his peace because he would be going on ahead and he would be leaving them behind comfort peace listen to what Jesus says peace I leave with you my peace I give to you not as the world gives do not let your heart be troubled nor let it be fearful what a blessing that he prepares a place, he himself provides the way, and while we wait, he extends peace. He extends a comfort. There's a verse that I absolutely love. It's John 3.16. It says it so beautifully. Jesus himself would declare this. He would declare that God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal 
life. That's the life that Helen is engaging in right now, this very moment. In the very presence of her Savior, right there alongside of Dick. What a blessing, what a life. But, but he goes on to say, he says, For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world. That's not why Jesus came. He didn't come to judge. You know why? Because it says, but that you might be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And she lived. She accepted that wonderful gift. Helen believed this. Helen knew this. She taught it to her family and to those around her. Today I would guarantee that Helen would not want me to share her life, would not want us to celebrate her life without extending that invitation for you too to receive that gift Jesus Christ gave. Because I am sure that she wants you up there in eternity with her as well. It's a free gift. And it's offered and extended to all. Corinthians says, For I delivered to you of first importance that Christ, Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. He was buried and rose again three days later according to the Scriptures. I love that the Scriptures give us hope, comfort, and the way, the way to eternal life. Because of that, we too can live life fully. We're closing our time together this morning in a song, The Old Rugged Cross. And the chorus goes like this, So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. This life has passed, and Helen has laid those trophies down. But she has exchanged it for the crown of life. As we sing that song, consider the impact of what the cross truly means. So uh, my brother will remember this song from when we were kids, and on that organ we were talking about, uh, she would play this song all the time <laughs> till we were kind of sick of it and now when I sing it it just gives me just the warmest feeling so sing loud with me
On a hill far away Stood an old rugged cross The emblem of suffering and shame And I love that old cross With the dearest and best For a world of lost sinners was slain so I'll cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it for a crown Oh, the old rugged cross So despised by the world Has a wondrous attraction for me For the dear Lamb of God we above to bear it to dark Calvary. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday for a crown To the old rugged cross I will ever be true its shame and reproach gladly prayer. Then he'll call me someday to my home far away, where his glory forever I'll share. So I'll cherish the Trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a song, isn't it? Let's close our time together this morning in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, we have sought this morning to honor 
and celebrate the life of Helen Smith. God, would you tell her just how much she is loved? Would you tell her that we miss her? And God, for those of us who know you, we are looking forward to the day where we see her again. Lord, I pray for the family here today. I pray that you would continue to comfort as, as we miss one so loved. I pray for each of the friends and and just those of us who knew her, God, that you would comfort the grieving. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity to celebrate her life and to honor you, her Savior. God, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In closing this morning, the family would like to invite you to a time of just fellowship, some refreshments, and sharing your memories with, with the family and with each other. Uh, this will be at, um, at Helen's home over on 95 East Bonanza Place, and it will go from 1 to 3 p.m. Following this, uh, the family and uh, just a small group of them is is going to be going and uh, spreading the ashes, and uh, and then they will meet everybody at at the home there. So they would like to invite you to come and participate with them. Thank you so much for for coming out this morning and helping honor and celebrate the life of Helen Smith. You are dismissed.